So is voter suppression just part of the game, or is it inherently evil? Here to explain the GOP's position is Republican election strategist, Fox News contributor, and founding partner of Judicial Watch, Cobra Commander. Thank you for being here, Mr. Commander. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Hope you and your family are staying safe. Thank you, and I'm glad to see you're also wearing a mask. Of course. Donald Trump is a super spreader. He's Cobra's most powerful biological weapon. Perhaps if we dropped him in Houston's water supply... Focus. Sorry. The FBI is investigating what Massachusetts officials call a disgrace to democracy. Surveillance images show what appears to be someone setting a fire in a ballot drop box in Boston. As many as 10 of the ballots inside were destroyed. No arrests have been made. Local election officials are being urged to increase drop box security. Voters whose ballots were destroyed will be allowed to vote again. Hey Laredo, Don Jr. here. I heard you had an awesome turnout for the Trump train. It'd be great if you guys would all get together, head down to McAllen and give Kamala Harris a nice Trump train welcome. Uh, get out there, have some fun, enjoy it. Don't forget to vote and to bring all of your friends. Let's show them how strong Texas still is as Trump country. Get out there, guys. Thank you. Anybody see the picture of that crazy bus driving down the highway? They're surrounded by like hundreds of cars. They're all Trump flags all over the place. What a group. Oh, it's, it's like a hot, it's like a hot thing. See, that's really number one trending. You know, they won't put that. That's number one trending. They come up with number one trending. It's, uh, it's not a trend. It's whatever they want to do. What's even more sad is that, you know, for the first time since the Voting Rights Act uh, was passed in the mid-1960s, we're starting to see some very serious uh, erosion of people's uh, ability to cast their vote and, and their right to vote. And now, the man of the hour, whether you want him or not, Jerry Joe. All right, all right. Sit down, sit down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to another episode of The Uninvited. This is your host, Jerry Jones. Um, however you found us, wherever you decided to find us, I am so glad you did. Please rate us, review us, uh, subscribe to the show. If you do rate us, please give us a five-star rating. Five-star rating feels a whole lot like love and four-star as well. Feels like the friend zone. So, uh, how are we doing out here? We are, uh, we are, we are like well, well, well into the home stretch right now. We're three days out uh, at the time of this recording, three days out from the end of vote casting, which will then begin once the votes suspends on November 3rd. And I can't remember which is the last of those um, Western states polls to close. But once that ends, then the counting will will begin. So who do you got? Um, is, uh, Trump going to hold on to this thing or is, uh, Biden, Biden and Harris, are they going to pull it out? Uh, I can tell you, I can tell you that, you know, this past week we've seen some heavy hitters coming out for, for the incumbent. Lil Wayne 
apparently, is on the proverbial Trump train, as it were. Um, which, I gotta be honest, I, I was a little bit surprised. I was, a, I was a little surprised until, and obviously we know, I, I think Ice Cube, um, 50 Cent, also cast their vote for, uh, for President Trump. But Little Wayne shocked me until I read this heartfelt, you know, endorsement tweet from NFL Hall of Famer Brett Favre. And once I saw Brett Favre, I don't know why I was shocked. I don't know why I was shocked by by the Brett Favre endorsement. And just this is this is kind of that silly thing, you know. This is just kind of like twelve-year-old uh, Jerry brain. And I'm like, well, Brett Favre has made an entire career off throwing the football to black guys, and foolishly thinking, well, because he's spent his entire collegiate and professional career. The reason why he is where he is today is because of black folks. I just, I don't know why. I just thought that carried over foolishly, like an idiot, thinking that that would carry over to um, to his political ideology. And, and, and not even 12-year-old Jerry Brain, but 50-year-old Jerry Brain. It's like, I just saw Brett Favre on a Copperfit commercial a couple days ago throwing the football to Jerry Rice. I mean, he can't be racist, right? <laughs> Man, you know, it it sports is a blind spot for me. Uh, but you know, I think it was I think it was Malcolm X who who talked about you know show me you know show me in the white community where so like so Brett Favre endorsed Trump, and it was barely a blip on the radar screen. But Lil Wayne, Ice Cube, 50 Cent, Kanye, Kanye, wow. Uh, those folks are entertainers and yet somehow they are supposed to represent my community, which is the black community. But Brett Favre is not representative of the white community. No one's like, well, what does Brett Favre think? What is Brett Favre's plan for, for white America? No one's asking that. And so that to say, like, I got all up in arms about Lil Wayne, Ice Cube, Fiddy, Kanye. But as I, as I listened to Malcolm X, I'm like, yeah, that's really stupid. That's really stupid uh, that, that we would hold up these folks as being leaders not and not that they're not not that ice cube ice cube is a business leader for sure ice cube's a pioneer for sure ice cube is not the the conscience of of black america and and no one is <laughs> no one is for any for any race right um though i i must say that if there's anyone who who is representative not of a race, but of a, of a culture, of a town, perhaps, 
uh, I think of, of Matthew McConaughey. So when I think of Texas, specifically when I think of Austin, Texas, uh, outside of Emily and Sean, shout out to Emily and Sean, um, cousins in Austin. Um, I think I'm their favorite cousin. You know, I hope I, I hope I, I hope I am, but that doesn't really count because I kind of married in. So maybe I'm like the favorite married in cousin. Um, but I, I hope I am because they're, they're just, they're just awesome. But outside of Emily and Sean, I think of Matthew McConaughey and I'm only bringing this up because Matthew McConaughey has been all over the news and not for politics. Thank goodness. Uh, but he's got a new memoir out called Greenlight, and I've seen him do a couple couple of interviews. He's on you know on the tour right now promoting the book, and uh, it's really is really speaking to me. So I'm I'm excited I'm excited to read the book, uh, but I'm not talking about Austin, Texas, to talk about Matthew McConaughey or to talk about the uh, the Longhorns. Hook 'em Horns, big win, big win yesterday over those uh, over those Cowboys. Um, I'm talking about Austin because of what happened on, I believe it's Friday, Friday in Austin. So many of you have probably seen it, but there was a, a Biden Harris bus heading to a campaign event. And I don't know, and Emily and Sean, you all can fact check me on this. I don't know if the event was for Austin or if it was near Austin, but, um, Long story short is that the bus was encountered by Trump supporters at the point where the bus was leaving and was followed, surrounded on uh, on an Austin um, interstate or highway. I don't know if it was interstate, but highway. And ultimately, one of the cars in the Biden caravan was run off the road. They attempted to run the Biden bus off the road. And, you know, it's Texas, so it's open carry. A lot of these Trump supporters were armed. Long story short, they had to, they had to, they had to cancel the event. So the voice you heard in the intro, one of the voices that you heard in the intro was that of Don Jr. So Don Jr., was actively on promoting these truck trains and really promoting them to wreak havoc at Biden events. Uh, I don't I also don't know if I don't know if you saw this or not, but apparently yesterday in Beverly Hills, in Beverly Hills, the Trump train showed up and disrupted all sorts of traffic. You know, the, to the credit, to the credit of the Beverly Hills Police Department, they did declare in an unlawful, um, an, an unlawful gathering or assembly. However, the chief of police, I may be getting this wrong, or someone higher up in the Beverly Hills Police Department did, however, say in the newspaper that he found the protest to be peaceful, despite the fact that it was later classified as an unlawful assembly. And, you know, not to go that because, you know, my, my intention really is to focus. This is really going to be uh, 
not necessarily it's not a texas themed show it is uh an episode really focused on what's happening with the election and really looking at voter suppression and as you heard uh from the elected official from the state of texas that um texas is leading the way everything is bigger in texas including their asshole leadership but just to put a bow on what we saw in in beverly hills yesterday was that there were black lives matter protesters who took the same posture not i'm not talking about yesterday but obviously during you know the civil uprising uh, against um, structural uh, racism and oppression and racial oppression people were being shot with rubber bullets they were tear gassed they were arrested but the trump folks there there were i there were no riot gear police there were no police dogs there certainly wasn't any tear gas or rubber bullets. And so, again, it just speaks to, and, and we talked about this a little bit on this last mini episode, which was a hot mess. Thank you all for, for those of you who did listen to that. Thank you for, um, for indulging me on that. Uh, but you're seeing it with police departments across the country, New York, NYPD. Uh, you've got the Kenosha Police Department. Now you're seeing... Uh, the Beverly Hills Police Department, all pro-Trump, uh, or or I should say, what I should say is that there's clearly a demonstrable bias against uh, protesters of color and specifically any protester who is in support of Black Lives Matter. I'm just going to put that aside, but I do think it's connect. Well, I don't think, I don't think it's connected. It is clearly connected. I know that it's connected. It's connected to the voter suppression tactics that we're that we're seeing across the country. You heard on the soundbite in Boston. This is Boston, right? But of course, people look at Boston and, and, and you think of when you think about Democrat strongholds, when you think about liberal politics, it's gonna be hard to start running through a list of cities before you get to Boston. Like you can look at San Francisco, you look at New York, Chicago, you're there with Boston, right? I mean, and yet Boston, we're seeing people trying to burn up ballots, trying to burn them up. This is Boston, this is a liberal, and I'm using air quotes here. For those of you who are new to the show, first of all, I'm sorry, I don't know how you, you wandered into this room. I'm glad you're here. I use air quotes a lot. Uh, Boston's a very liberal town, but because I'm a sports addict, Boston might be the most racist professional sports town. Well, it, it's clearly the most racist sports town in America, hands down, not even, it's not even really close for second place, right? Because we're talking professional sports, not talking collegiate sports. You start talking collegiate sports and you've got the SEC, you've got the ACC, and you've got the Big 12. And those combined are like um, a supercell of, of, <laughs> of racism. But Boston, far and away, 
most uh, racist sports town in America. Probably in the top 10, I would, well, not top 10, probably top three of most racist sports cities in the world. You probably got a couple in Italy uh, with, with, uh, with their soccer that would probably be right up there. But Boston, Boston, um, very racist. And the reason why I'm bringing up racism as it relates to burn it ballot boxes is that voting and racism are intertwined. And from the beginning, and why I'm talking about voter suppression, and I, I'll get to I'll get to what what Texas has done. Well, actually, let me get into that right now, and then I can we can we can just talk about the history of voter suppression in America, and it it goes hand in hand with with slavery. Um, but um, Texas has done something. That and I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about the voters. I'm not talking about Governor Greg Abbott, who has um, systematically tried to to stop the vote in in black and brown communities, to limit the vote in communities where it's clear that they lean more left. Thinking of Travis County. Thinking of of Austin. Uh, I'm not gonna go into the fact that he you know he established a rule that there would be basically one um again emily and sean you all can fact check me on this i think it's one um ballot drop off per county so imagine where you live and imagine because a county is not a city county is pretty large right what the Republicans have done, so I, I've lied, so I am going to go into a little bit about what the Republicans have done, and then, then I want to focus on what the voters have done. So, and this will this will set context. So, um, one ballot drop-off location per county. So, you think of Travis County, which is Austin, the, the county, Austin, is, you know, Travis County, that's where the state capital, Austin. Uh, one ballot drop-off location for Austin. Now, I don't know how many of you have been to Austin. And Austin is still cool. It's not it's not what it used to be. It's not as cool as it was. Um I think as long as Emily and Sean and McConaughey are there, it'll stay. It'll stay cool. Um but it's not what it was. But that city just keeps growing, right? Uh for those of you who might be familiar with how Seattle boomed or Atlanta. Austin just keeps growing one ballot location for that population just seems insane and it seems insane but then you start thinking about harris county so harris county is uh, and i've got some family in harris county that is houston texas a map houston Houston is a big ass city. I don't know how many people are there. Was it four million, six million? Um, for that whole county, there is one ballot drop off location. So that's what the governor did, right? He um, governor he governor Abbott um, banned counties from sending mail in ballots to folks. 
to all the registered voters. They are uh, they 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 challenge the extension of the voting early period. And one of the things that's happening right now that the uh, GOP as uh, the state GOP leader Alan West is trying to challenge and throw out about a hundred thousand votes from Harris County. I should point out before we go further. If the name Alan West sounds familiar to you, it's because Alan West is a former congressman from the state of Florida. Alan West, I believe, had a presidential run. I think he was part of the, was he part of the GOP primary in 08? Um, he's run for Senate. He's he's basically outside of being a congressperson. He actually ended up, I think he actually lost his seat in Florida as well. He's pretty much lost at everything he's ever done. Alan West is Florida man. Alan West could very, let me just put it this way. Alan West probably is um, golfing buddies with Clarence Thomas. Um, they are a special breed of, of, of black man. I'll put it that way. Well, he, and, and, and he is the quintessential Florida man. So, you know, you, you do the thing where you Google Florida man and all kinds of crazy stories come out. Alan West is Florida man. Well, Florida man is now running the GOP for the state of Texas, which should be no surprise. Should be no surprise that Texas is as close as it's been and since probably since Ann Richards. Again, my Texas friend, you all can fact check me on this, that since Ann Richards for Texas to go to go blue. So these are all the things that the the GOP have done. And this is what the response has been from the Texas voter. So in 2016, Texas had just under 9 million votes cast for the entire 2016 election. Early voting, absentee voting, you know, day of voting. They were just a hair under 9 million votes. As of Friday morning, so I, who knows? Who knows what the number is today? But as of Friday, Texans had already cast more than 9 million votes. So Texas, in response to the governor, trying to take their voting rights away, actively trying to steal the election, they have already outperformed their entire vote for 2016. And people haven't even shown up to vote day of yet. Texas is going blue, folks. And this is why uh, Florida man and Governor Abbott are trying so hard to throw out all of these votes in, in Harris County. And I'm saying all that to say, when your opposition is trying so hard to prevent you from fulfilling your, not only your right, 
but your obligation as a citizen in this country, when they're actively trying to steal that away from you, it should tell us that they know. They know that it's over. It's a wrap, folks. And I, well, I'm saying it's a wrap in Texas. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, I, I, they, they did get assigned a federal judge who is, let's just say, very empathetic to conservative causes. Uh, but I'm, I am, I am uh, a little high on the hopium right now that I'm hoping that they, that they actually <laughs> don't actively go out and, and, and steal, steal the election. Um, but what Texas is doing is what America has always tried to do and has, and, and for the most part had succeeded for gosh, until 55 years ago, um, Texas and, 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 and the United States of America had succeeded in stealing elections. This is, this is part of what we do. And what Governor Abbott is doing and what we're seeing in Boston, what we're seeing, you know, with with um, civilians, um, we're seeing these uh, unauthorized and illegal. It's not only it's not unauthorized poll watching, it's illegal poll watching and voter intimidation. Like this is this is what they, this is. This is these are old plays. These aren't new. There, there's no new strategy here. What is new? And what voters have decided is that they're canceling all of this. We're canceling it. It's, these are expired practices. These are expired ideas. And I don't know about you, but um, sometimes things just, you have the best intentions of things. And sometimes you don't have good intentions. So, um, like, I love, I love, you know. I love leftovers and sometimes, you know, I, I will, I'll cut it a little close. I'll put it that way on eating things in the fridge because they tasted so good. Um, but they've been in there too long. They have reached their point of expiration and it's no longer serving. It no longer serves the person who's going to consume it. And what we're seeing with this vote is there's a group of Americans who refuse to accept that their racism, that their unhealthy um, relationship with power and control is no longer acceptable. And what's happening, so we, we say that all the time. We say things are unacceptable all of the time. And a lot of the time, I shouldn't say a lot of the time, but some of the time, what we find ourselves doing is excusing the inexcusable, right? Or um, we um, accept the unacceptable. What is happening in Texas? What we are starting to see in places like Georgia that are, we've got two Senate seats that could flip and we probably won't know until January, but we have a state that, that Biden has a real chance to win. What we're seeing is that not only are, are these things unacceptable, because they've always been unacceptable, and there's always been resistance 
to these things. But what's happened is that we now have people who are saying we are no longer accepting it. It's no longer accepted, which is different, which is a different category. So unacceptable is a descriptor, right? Um, The unaccepted is a practice. And what we're seeing at the polls is a practice of an active rejection of these things. And to me, there's a mandate there. And I, you know, I will, I was going to say, I'm going to get off the soapbox here in a minute, but you you all know me by now that I, you know, this ramble could continue, but I'll do my best. But, um, this, this is the beginning of what, what is a mandate of the American people. And so my hope is that if you, if you haven't voted, if you have not cast your vote to reject structural racism and sexism, go to the polls, please do that. Reach out to your folks. It is time to utterly and soundly reject those things. And then once we win the White House, once we win the Senate, the work of fully rejecting in policy is going to become critical. So we need a balanced court. And that's not, so the court is already stacked um, unethically, not illegally, but completely unethically at the Supreme Court level and obviously in the lower courts. We absolutely have to balance the courts to, to reflect the 21st century, not just the 21st century America, but the America for the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. If we are to have an America, we will have to rebalance the court. And, and then we're just going to have to start through statute, just striking all kinds of crap down. Just got to knock it down. So if you all remember the, uh, this is a horrible, actually, no, I can use a different one. When you think of the fall of the Berlin Wall, I was originally going to say about the, the fall of Saddam, but I realized that that was all a bunch of bullshit. Um, but you think about the pulling down of the Berlin Wall. That is the work of America right now is voting Trump out. Pulling down the Berlin Wall is getting in and forging policy. And a part of it's going to be where these these Trumpers are going to be out doing voter intimidation. Like the, for us, for those who are going to be voting on Election Day and those in the days after who are who have reclaimed America, for some of us, it's going to feel like our Tiananmen Square moment. Like we cannot allow these people, these zealots to to scare us into our homes and to scare us from from uh, expressing um, our liberty. So for some of us, it's just going to it's we're going to have to be brave. And by by casting your vote, by voting to end structural racism and sexism, we are. We're being brave. We're being, I, don't, I feel like we're being the, the Americans that we, um, that we believe ourselves, believe ourselves to be. Look, do your thing. Let's, um, let's stay strong and stay active. Uh, it's not too late to 
to to join a phone banking, text banking. It's not too late to donate. There are key races, South Carolina, Jamie Harrison. Um, you've got the race, Sarah Gideon in, in uh, New Hampshire. You've got, uh, oh my gosh, Warlock. Is it Warlock? Oh my gosh, I'm say, if, if I'm saying his name wrong, forgive me, and Ossoff. Both of those Democrats in Georgia. Um, give, give, give. Uh, at your state level, state reps, um, Jeff Pittman running for state senate, Kansas, give, give, give. Uh, we've got to have we've you know, I'm, and this is this is now just for my my folks in Kansas. We've got to have some representation. Governor Kelly needs some backup, so we've got to get some people uh, in Topeka to move some things uh, in Missouri. Nicole Galloway. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be tough sledding, but it's not impossible. Um, let's, let's just get after it. So yeah, this is a very, very pro Democrat non, I'm, this is definitely a partisan, <laughs> um, recording, but things, things are at stake here. So let's get after it. Um, I'm excited for you. I'm proud of you. And when we come back together, on Wednesday. Not that we'll know for sure. We won't know 100% everything, but I think we'll know enough. We'll know enough. And uh, I think we can begin to talk about the future of America. I'm really excited. Um, I'm going to sign off. Uh, I want you to be good to yourself, um, good to each other, um, I'm going to sign off and I, I am, I, you know, I haven't done this before, um, but I'm going to sign off with a piece, um, for Joe Biden, not through the words of Joe Biden, but through the words of a young man who is encouraging those of us who are of voting age to, to get out and, uh, and practice democracy. Be well, be good to yourselves, good to each other. And I will catch you on the flip side. Peace. Joe Biden has always believed anyone can do great things. So when they count you out because you don't come from the right place, or when they don't tell you the truth because they think you're going to panic, just know, Joe's in your corner. Mine too. This is my son, Brady. He stutters. He wants to speak. He'll never underestimate you. He'll never underestimate a teacher. Never underestimate a nurse. Never underestimate a soldier. Never underestimate a generation, a justice seeker, or a different voice. We, the people, have the power. And never underestimate the power of a voter. It's always a bad bet to bet against the American people. There's no quit in America. Never underestimate an American.